The second reading today comes from 1 Timothy, chapter 5, and we'll be starting from verse 1. Do not rebuke an older man harshly, but extort him as if he were your uh, father. Treat younger men as brothers, older women as mothers, and younger women as sisters with absolute purity. Give proper recognition to those widows who are really in need. But if a widow, sh widow has children or grandchildren, these should learn, first of all, to put their religion into practice by caring for their own family and so repaying their parents and grandparents. For this is pleasing to God. The widow who is really in need and left alone, all alone, puts her hope in God and can, in continuous night and day to pray and to ask God for help. But the widow who lives for pleasure is dead even while she lives. Give the people these instructions so that no one may be, upon, uh, be open to blame. Anyone who does not provide for their relatives and especially for their own household has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. No widow may be put on the list of widows unless she is over 60, uh, has been f faithful to her husband and is well known for her good deeds, such as bringing up children, showing, hospi showing hospitality, washing the feet of the Lord's people, helping those in trouble and devoting herself to all kinds of good deeds. As for younger widows, do not put them on such a list, for when their sensual desires overcome their dedication to Christ, they want to marry. So, thus they bring judgment on themselves because they have broken their first pledge. Besides, they get into the habit of being idle and going about from house to house. And not only do they become idlers, but also busybodies to, uh, who talk nonsense, saying things that ought not to. So I, so I counsel younger widow, widows to marry, to have children, uh, to manage their homes, and to give the enemy no opportunity for slander. Some have, in fact, already turned away to follow Satan. If any woman who is a believer has widows in her care, she should continue to help them and not let the church be burdened with them, so that the church can help those widows who are really in need. It's an interesting passage today. It takes some cultural um, adaption um, as we look at it. Um, it's, why is it talking about widows uh, so clearly here? Uh, widows in the day this was written uh, didn't have any rights. Uh, sorry, women, you didn't have, there wasn't wills, the property didn't go to you. Uh, in the culture of the day, the property, um, when the uh, man dies, the property goes to the children, the eldest son. Still the same in Asia and other countries specific today, same sort of thing. Um, and so the widow would, uh, if she could live with the eldest son, great, and if he would provide for her, great, but if not, her only alternative was to go back to her home, to her parents. And sometimes that was you know, far away and that didn't work. And so there was no government assistance, no, uh, no pensions, no aid that way. Uh, she was totally reliant on a family or otherwise other people. And so very vulnerable. Uh, women, widows could easily be destitute. Um, they could be without property, uh, without food, um, be in a very difficult situation. That's why obviously it says if you're a younger widow, you know, go and get married, it you know, fixes it all up and that's great. Um, but today's a different culture, isn't it? Because if you're a widow today, and number one, there's wills. And so the property just, and the property's divided between husband and wife, so it doesn't all go to, you know, you don't lose it all. Um, and also there's government assistance available, so you're not uh, stuck that way. Uh, there is the pension, there is um, food aid. There's other ways. It's not as bad, but um, today we need to look at this passage and not just think widows. 
We need to seek seniors, seniors particularly over 60 it talks about, uh, seniors who are uh, vulnerable, uh, who have needs, um, and it may not be um, uh, accommodation needs and food needs, but it may be needs of relationships and, and even having some help done transport work, but uh, that sort of idea. We need to consider that as we look at the passage. First of all, he starts off in the beginning of chapter 5 talking about um, relating to all age groups. He says, Do not rebuke an older man harshly, but exhort him as if he were your father. And remember, Timothy's about 30-ish. We think Timothy's 30, 35 in that area. So he's a young man. Um, we think he's single. Um, and uh, he's been told, you know, to, to treat the older people with uh, that respect. And as your father, treat younger men as brothers. And older women as mothers and younger women as sisters with absolute purity. So he's, he's to recognise the family of God that he's a part of and treat people accordingly as you would expect to be treating in your own family. And the idea of um, sex and age of people should determine his attitude because with the senior members he needs to have respect due to their age and treat them as parents. His own generation, um, the younger men treat them as brothers and the women as younger women as sisters. And with all ages, he's to have that genuine Christian love. That love is there to serve and give and care, not to receive, not to uh, what you can get from different people. So it starts off the passage like that. Then it goes on to talk, uh, particularly picking up the need of widows. And it talks about the widows um, is something that was important to Jesus because um, Jesus... In Mark chapter 12, verse 41, he's at the temple. And as you come into the temple in those days, there was a big box as you came in where people would put their coins, their temple tax, their offering. And uh, it was coins, it wasn't notes, so they'd make noise. And so if you had lots of heavy coins, they'd make a heavy noise. Oh, gee, Steve Foster's put a lot in here. He's put in metal, but you don't know. Um, you know and, and, or putting stones or whatever, who knows. But anyway, that sort of thing. You know, and so it was all about the noise. You know, the noise was the big thing. Oh, a couple of little tickles. Oh, that's not much money. That's a couple of little you know, cents or whatever. And uh, some big stuff. Okay. So it was all about the noise that you heard when people came in. So he's standing there, and there's people going in. There's lots of noise being made. You know, they're giving stuff. And then an old lady who's a widow comes in and puts in two very small copper coins which hardly make a noise. Oh, that's not much. Everyone would notice that. It'd be standing out. And Jesus said, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They gave her their wealth, but she gave out of her poverty and put in everything she had to live on. Jesus has a compassion towards widows. He knows their difficult situations. He knows uh, when they are going beyond uh, everyone else and really giving their all to God. Uh, he warned his disciples just before that about the teachers of the law, the religious leaders. Um, they devour widows' houses and, sh and show a, uh, make a show of lengthy prayers. Uh, they're ungodly people using their power to um, um, abuse and, uh, and uh, bully widows. And he knew that. Even at the cross, when Jesus died, he, he remembered widows because at the cross he commended his widowed mother to the care of John. Now, Jesus was which child? The oldest. He had the responsibility to care for his mother. He knew that. So he knew when he died, he handed over John to make sure it happened. It was important to Jesus. And that's a significant thing. You know, probably the last thing he almost did, except when he offered up his life, was to do that. 
The early church learned from this. The early church learned from the Old Testament, which has lots to talk about caring for widows, the example of Jesus. So in Acts chapter 6, um, when there's a whole lot of people coming to Christ, including a lot of widows, and some widows have been neglected in the food distribution, it's just not working out clearly, they appoint seven leaders just to look after that because it's important. So these widows are, you know, keep getting recognised through the Bible, important to Jesus, important to the early church. And they don't want to be important to us, but as I said today, it's, we've got to extend it more than widows. We've got to send the senior people, male and female, in this sort of situation. Let's have a look at what it says. In verse 3, he says about widows, give proper recognition to widows who are really in need. Um, proper recognition, that honour and support. It's like the fifth commandment. We're to honour our parents. And we, you know, we are, to, you know, if uh, your children of uh, someone who's a widow or widower, you should be honouring them. You should be caring for them. You should be uh, providing for them, supporting them. As I said, the woman, woman, widow could remain in the house, but she would have to go uh, back to her parents if that didn't work out with her son. And so there was a real um, financial responsibility for widows who are in need, uh, they, if they're unable to support themselves because um, usually it's the man would be doing the work and the woman would um, be looking after the home and so often when the man goes there's just no income, no way of supporting. Verse 4. But if a widow has children or grandchildren these should learn first of all to put their religion into practice by caring for their own family and so repay their parents and grandparents. This is pleasing to God. Um, knowing God's amazing love for us and wanting to pass it on to others and particularly those who have loved us as we've grown up who have put up with us who have been there for us and to repay with a genuine Christian love that's going to serve them and not count the cost of what it means especially our family verse 5 the widow who is really alone who does, uh, the widow who's really in need and left all alone, puts her hope in God. She's someone who doesn't have family, uh, doesn't have that support. She's really in trouble. And look what she does. Instead of being fearful, anxious, bitter, worried, uh, hostile with the world, she puts her hope in God and continues to pray night and day. Here's a godly woman. This is We've been talking about godliness over and over and over in 1 Timothy. This is an example of godliness. Someone has got a massive problem. There's no, no hope. This, you know, it's just all falling apart. Um, there's no support. How am I going to live? I'm going to starve. I'm going to die. Puts her hope in God and prays. Seeks God's help. Doesn't go around door to door badgering people, but prays and asks God to sort it out. It's an example of what godliness is all about. So we're seeing a widow here who's godly. Um, verse 7, um, give people these instructions so that no one may be open to blame. The care of the widows is the church's responsibility. It's not a personal ministry of Timothy. It's not a personal ministry of me, the leader. It's all our ministry. We're all responsible for the care of needy people, particularly widows or widowers, senior people. And um, even though, you know, as I said, there's already government financial assistance available, um, sometimes people just need relationships. Particularly, what's the problem if you're a widow or widower? What's happened in your life? You're by yourself, aren't you? Single. You've lost your partner. You're intensely lonely. You've got no one to share the dinner table with, no one to talk to. The loneliness is the big thing that people tell me about when your partner dies. And how can you help with that loneliness? Be a friend. Make contact. And sometimes, you know, I fall in the trap of I think, oh, contact. I'm the old school. You've got to go and visit someone. 
Well, that doesn't really work sometimes now because I find if I go and visit someone, sometimes they, they get really um, a bit put off if they don't know I'm coming because they want to prepare things and make things right. And so if you just rock up, it doesn't sometimes work. Um, and sometimes you go there and they really aren't able to have a, a visit because of you know, health issues or whatever, whatever, and it just becomes uncomfortable and, and not very good thing to do. The first protocol is to ring up. And just make contact and say, oh, yeah, I'm missing a church and how you're going and, and just finding out what's going on. Be a friend. People in this situation need a friend, someone who's really interested in them. Not to tell them things, but to listen to them, that they can talk to. Then you can pick up on that, whether there's anything you can do or you need to pass it on to someone in the church. Also, um, we need to go back a bit in our history, back a bit in, uh, in technology, because... Um, a lot of the senior people, if you send them a text or a Facebook or um, a Twitter, um, they don't get it because they're battling to use a mobile phone. So that's not going to work. But if you send them an old-fashioned letter or postcard, that would blow their mind. They think, oh, you know, even a card saying, you know, missed you, how you going, have a good day or whatever. If you send them a card... Or even if you know someone's, um, you know, a widower and um, uh, male, or, male or female, you know, Father's Day or Mother's Day, if you send them a card, look, I know you've lost your, you know, your partner or your son or whatever. Um, just those sort of occasions when people are grieving, if you recognise that, that would lift people no end. That would be a huge impact on someone. Who can't do those sort of things? We can all can do that. And so, I mean, as we look around the church, and who's not been here for a while, and, and where are they, and what's going on with them, and is there, are they all right? And, and, and even if we don't know, the best way to do it is someone makes contact. And, you know, the problem is, I'm the minister, so it's seen as my job, but I don't do it anywhere near. I do about 10% of what you can, guys can do, because when I ring, it's my job. It's just Wayne doing his job. They appreciate it, but it's just Wayne doing the job. If you ring, it's totally unexpected, because it's not your job. They must really care about me. You have a huge impact to my little impact by making contact. That's why it says here it's the church's responsibility, not the minister's responsibility to do that. So let's, let's go and keep looking at how to do that. And particularly, you've got some really easy occasions coming up. Look, as we come up to Christmas, you know, the gingerbread house. Uh, ladies, you know, ring up someone who's not here saying, hey, the gingerbread house, would you like to come? That's a natural opportunity to, to contact someone. Or if there's, I'll oh, wait till the plane goes over. Sometimes we have things on at church where it's just really opportunities to invite people, just make sure they know about it's happening if they've been away for a while, and re-engage them. There are anniversaries which happen, and when Christmas comes up, the carols and all those sort of things. But anything like that, it's a great opportunity just to invite people along, to make that contact if they haven't been around a while, but even make it just the same for no reason, just to say, hey, I've been missing, I haven't seen you for a couple of weeks, are you okay? How are you? And even if you ring, do another thing. Ask them what you can pray for. Because anyone who follows Jesus appreciates prayer no end. It's huge. And remember, when you pray, it's not you that are going to do it. You're going to pray. But who's going to answer the prayer? God. And he can do anything. You can talk to someone who's, who you win the ring up. Oh, their life is a total mess. You know, It's a total disaster. There's so much stuff going on. How can you begin to help? You can't, but God can. You can, number one, by making that connection, showing your friend, saying, hey, there's someone who cares about me, and that helps people enormously. 
But you can pray to a God who can change anything. So don't forget to offer to pray and pray and keep praying. And even better so, I find if you ring someone up, find a problem, you, you talk to them about it, you offer to pray, you hang up, and then you know, a week or two later you ring up, look, I've been praying about that, how's it going? And you know what you'll often hear? Oh, it's gone. Or it got better. Or I'm coping. And you say, okay, God's been working here. Good. Please think about that. goes on to say in verse 8, got some pretty strong language here. Because if we think, well, we don't need to do this, particularly to our own family and, um, and people in the church, if one does not provide for his own relatives, especially for those in immediate family, he's denied the faith. He's worse than unbeliever. We've really got a responsibility to do that for our parents, our grandparents, those in our family. Are we? You know, and even, even nowadays where people go into nursing homes, and nowadays because we've moved away from family, it's a lot harder for a lot of us to do that. Um, you know, my mum was in a nursing home camp it's an hour's drive it's an hour over an hour and back and you would need to have a time over there so you've sort of got to have a morning or afternoon to fit in and someone's just hard to get that to come together and, um, and so it can be awkward can't it to do those sort of connections and if you're further away it's even more of a problem how do you do it well you've always got the telephone haven't you you could always ring up and say hello and my mum was the old school she loved cards she loved postcards she loved it. And if I sent her a card postcard, she'd be showing everyone. You know? And in fact, it was better because she had some mental issues. So if I rang up, she'd forget. But if I had a postcard, she'd keep remembering. It worked out better. It was. It was a really good thing to do. And a card. So you know, just drop your technology. Drop, you know, sometimes I, I raise the bar too high. I've got to go and visit her. But that was hard. But then if I ring up or if I even send the postcard or card, it was even better. The, the lower stuff, which I was of less value, was more valuable in the end. Don't underappreciate those things. But it does say that we've got a real responsibility to do that. Even the Roman laws at the time Timothy was written, there were laws with the Jews and also with the Romans that you had to look after your family. I mean, that's laws in other parts of the world. Yeah? People in, in Asia, in Africa, in the Pacific, uh, we, we, they make us look really bad because they do that. You know, we tend to sort of put people off and move away and think the government look after them, the nursing home look after them, whatever. But they don't do that. They'll bring them into their homes and care for them you know, right to the end. Not saying you need to do that, uh, but they'll maintain a much closer relationship with people. And we need to reconsider how to do that. Then he talks, so he's been talking about the widows, and we're looking today, widows and senior men in need, um, or widowers. Then he goes on to talk about those who have been receiving this um, assistance uh, to pick some out that can go on a list or register because they're going to work alongside the elders and deacons and they're going to actually do this ministry to other seniors. Uh, the one that's been done to them, they're now going to start doing it with others. So it's not just a case of you pick out needy people and just keep you know, doing and doing and doing stuff with them. In the end, you do stuff with them, but then you encourage them also to do with other people who are the same age. So doing it side by side with them. And, and obviously they might not be able to go mow lawns and offer transport and stuff, but they can make phone calls. They're probably very good letter writers and good at sending cards. They could do that sort of stuff and relational sort of things. So that's what he's talking about. Look what it says uh, then in verses 9 and 10 about this list of widows. And these are widows that have been, or widows or widowers, who have been receiving um, the aid but are now been doing it with other people also. 
No widow may be put on the list of widows unless she's over 60. And remember, we're talking about men or women today. Has been faithful to a husband or wife. Is well known for their good deeds, such as bringing up their children, showing hospitality, washing the feet of the saints, helping those in trouble, devoting yourself to all kinds of good deeds. There's nothing in here about theological education, Bible study, teaching, leading up front sort of person. This is all practical, down-to-earth, gentle caring for people. It's something that everyone should be doing in some way, shape or form. And so collecting a list of people who are demonstrating, they're not just receiving it, but they're actually passing it on to others. And then you have a list of people then who through their um, humble, uh, unselfish and costly service will undertake these ministries as accredited church workers. You see, if I had a list like this, this is how it worked. It'd be great if you guys were picking up whoever you could, but if I had a list like this, or the um, uh, staff team had a list, someone comes in, I realise such and such is suddenly in need um, uh, and I want to get someone to follow up, I can go through a list. Oh, who's on the list? I can pick someone out. Oh, could you go and see such and such, such? I've just heard she's been widowed. There's a lady in our church this last week's been widowed. Um, you know, I get someone to follow up. Uh, things like that. So that's where that list would come in handy. So you have a group of people you could then sort of tap into for someone in need. But you'd expect not just this list of people to be doing it, but the whole church to be doing it. This list is to pick up the extras or the new ones, or, or if it's a beyond what's normal sort of stuff. Yeah, maybe sometimes we have it where something's really intensely going wrong and someone just needs lots of help. You know, when someone dies in the first couple of weeks after death, it's an intense time. And that's a really good time for a few more visits, a few more casseroles, a few more things like that. A few more relational stuff uh, can be really helpful in that few months after someone's died. Remember, we're talking about people who've lost their life partner. That's big. That's big. So I'm seeing two lasting principles that are coming out of today's passage. The first is a principle that you do discriminate. You do discriminate because you don't just hand out to all widows. You actually want to hand out those who are in need. So you've got to identify the ones who really need. Um, and we're encouraging, it's encouraging the family to look after their widows or their widow parents or widowers. But those who don't have family or they can't do it, then that's when you're going to pick it up. And that's where the church needs to pick that up and have welfare provisions for those who have a genuine need. And even our government programs and, and supplements can't replace our individual and family obligations. We've got them. We've got to do them. And in fact, you know, all the government and, 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 um, and other assistants can't make up for the relationship of someone in your family. And that's in the end what these people need. They need the relationship because they've lost that relationship. Principle discriminates. We need to be choosing and we need to be selective and we need to um, encourage the, the people who should be doing it to do it and pick up the others who aren't. The principle of dignity, and this is an important one, because there's two distinct categories of widows here, one needing support, the other's going to be offering service. But the two should overlap. You know, the ones who are getting it should end up to giving it to others. Um, there's nothing... Nothing more debilitating when you're just receiving and receiving, but you get so stuck in your problem you can't even pass it on. And you get so consumed by your own situation, that's all you see. And that's a horrible state to be in. But this is encouraging. We help people in that horrible state, and we help them to the point where they can see out that state to see others in need and start doing with others what's been done to them. And that brings their dignity back. 
They're not just a basket case. They're not just getting handouts. Uh, There's someone who can actually contribute. And everyone needs that. Everyone needs to feel that they're wanted, needed, doing something. And that's the idea that flows from this. Both to be served, but then also to go and serve others. So Christian uh, relief should not demean the people who are getting it, uh, but rather we want to increase their dignity. We want to help them in the problem they're in to help them to find a way out of it, support them out of it, support them to rebuild their life. We've all got a duty of care to seniors, particularly senior members of our families or those who don't have families available. And it just raises the whole thing of you know, ministry to seniors. And, and that's a growing thing, an ageing population. We've got all these nursing homes here. We've got more coming. Um, and uh, there's even a proposal that uh, Anglicare are looking at developing our back site with the nursing homes. You might be able to walk out the door and do this ministry in another three, four years' time. I don't know. Um, that's been on the cards before. Don't worry. It keeps coming up. But this one... This one's coming closer because Chesalon, where Carol Allen House without the university, uh, is only a lease since they've got a few years to go and they've got to get out. So it's really, and they've looked around everywhere and they came to us, looked around everywhere, come back to us and said, well, you're the best site. We're really interested. So they've gone away, they've got to come back to us with a reasonable proposal though before that happens. But it may be right on our doorstep. But it's also on our doorstep. There's people in nursing homes here already. I sometimes get calls from people um, who are Christians far away. Mum or dad's moving to a nursing home. They say, look, can you get someone to visit them? I say, I'd love to. Who's going to do it? Me? Me? Maybe. Uh, no, I think of some people maybe. But it would be good to have that list, wouldn't it? I say, oh, yeah, I've got a list of seniors that go and minister to seniors. Yeah, I've got a stack of people go and visit that person. That would be tremendous to have that at that time. That's going to continue to increase. We need to look out to do that. Well, there's lots to think about, isn't there? And I think we've all got to uh, just look at our own families first. And I think, too, the important thing is, unless you pass away soon, you're going to be a senior one day if you're not already there. And what model are you setting to your kids right now? Are they seeing you caring for your seniors? Because don't you want them to care for you? Remember, uh, the way you do with your kids might come back to bite you too. So maybe you should lead by example now so that you benefit in the future. I think there's something to be said about that. Let me pray. Father, we uh, can be too uh, lazy and comfortable sometimes with life and let other people do things that we should be doing. And sometimes we're separated by distance, which just makes it much harder. Um, we ask that you'd help us to be recognising our responsibility we have to uh, our family, our older members of our family, and to take that up and to be in contact and have that relationship. And even if it has to be on the telephone uh, or cards or whatever, just have that relationship. Show that we value them, they're important to us, we love them. Oh Lord, we also pray you'd help us to uh, be able to do that with people in our church who don't have anyone or their family are unable to do that, help us to pick them up. And Father, also see how do we do it in the, in the community, in our nursing homes. Father, we pray that you'd help us to grow a group of seniors that are ministering to seniors um, and are raising them up to a, out of their problem into a position of dignity and where they're valued and are able to contribute. Father, we want to love people in a way that, um, that does lift them up and uh, is generous and uh, upbuilding. We pray in your name. Amen.